Volt Europa presents Calling Europe, the first pan-European speed podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to our speed podcast, Calling Europe, where we interview Volters from around the continent. Today, I'm talking to you from my holidays in Venice, Italy, which is why I apologize in advance for the bad sound quality. In this episode, I'll be interviewing Joachim Wilke, who was nominated by Anouk Owens uh, in the last episode. His story is an especially insightful one as he works with our MEP in Brussels. Welcome, Joachim. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you very much for having me. And also a shout out to Anouk uh, for nominating me. I'm very excited and looking forward to uh, the questions. And I hope I'm, I'll be able to answer all of them appropriately. Thank you very much for being here. We're also very excited to have you. And let's get straight to our first part of the podcast where we meet you. We get to learn a little bit more about you personally. The profile. So Joachim, where in Europe do you live? I now live in uh, Brussels. I've been living here for six years. Uh, before I joined the parliament, um, I did an internship and then I found a full-time job and then Damian got elected. And so I'm still here in Brussels. Nice. Thank you. And when did you join Volt? I joined Volt um, in April 2018. Yeah. And directly the Volt Belgium team because, yeah, I was made aware of it uh, by friends of mine. And then I realized that I knew Damian from before too. And then the message resounded uh, quite strongly with me. And then I signed up and I met everyone and I became head of the Belgian policy team pretty quickly after that. So yeah, I've been in Volt now for yeah more than two years. What is your job at Volt, Joachim? At Volt, I'm just a normal member of Volt Belgium. But uh, for Damian, um, I'm the head of office of his office uh, in the European Parliament. And I'm also the uh, constitutional affairs advisor for Damian. So that means that I work on everything related to electoral law, reform, uh, the right of inquiry, um, a little bit of Brexit and all sorts of things that um, are kind of big and take a long, long, long time. Nice. Super interesting, actually. It's also really interesting for us to hear that insight for the first time. And what is your favorite place in Europe? That's a very good question. Um, there are many, uh, but I'm because I just am coming back from Brittany um, and it kind of won my heart over. So I'm, I'm going to say Brittany for now. Um, there are many places that I like, uh, but for now, I think I would like to go back to Brittany and live a little bit there. Okay. I also stalked you a little bit on LinkedIn, I have to admit. Uh, you speak French, don't you? Yes, I do. Uh, it was my actually my first language in, in school, uh, thanks to my sisters, because they said French is more difficult than English. Uh, and then uh, I went to do my Erasmus in Aix-en-Provence um, for a year, which was great, to be honest. And then there I really learned how to speak French fluently. Nice. I'm actually a French citizen myself and uh, lived in Lyon for a year. Ah, you lucky person. Lyon is wonderful. On continue juste à t'épisode en français, c'est ça? Oui, on peut si tu veux, mais ça sera voilà, pire pour les autres qui parlent pas. Exactement. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you for your answers. Now that we know you a little bit better, let's uh, take a deeper dive um, in the next part. The three questions. We are going to ask you three questions, one from which was from Anouk. Question number one. Which key achievements would, in your eyes, make Damien's MEP term a successful one if you're looking back in 2024? I think there are 
There are a couple. Uh, I'm going to, if, if it's okay, I'm going to split them into groups related to our committee work, a general one, and then related to a group that we started, the Young Europeans. So I start with, for us or for me, uh, our work in the parliament would be a success if, in general, we were able to put Volt um, as a political party on the map in European politics. And that includes kind of making Volt a respectful party that people recognize and that people want to work with not just within the European Parliament, but also uh, in regional and national and also local parliaments. So that's kind of the general approach that I would consider um, success. If we come to my topic in, in constitutional affairs, I think a key here, if we get it done, is to reform the electoral law in, in Europe. So that means that we are able to really reform elections and how they're being held and that we have transnational lists uh, that people can vote for directly and that we harmonize electoral rules across all of the 27 member states. And then I think the last one in AFCO is in general that we really want to strengthen the, the committee's role, but thereby strengthen the parliament's role vis-a-vis uh, -vis the member states and the commission. Because currently AFCO is still not too active. And now that we are kind of responsible, the spokesperson for the Greens in the European Parliament, uh, we really want to make this Constitutional Affairs Committee a really strong and active committee and, and make it relevant in, in politics. And so that, you know, you guys um, that vote, but also that the media and other people uh, speak about issues such as elections and electoral law reform and, and you know, the, the right of initiative for the parliament. So that's that would be, for me, a, a success if we, if we get that done. And then lastly, um, because I also work on this, um, is a group of, of young uh, European members of the European Parliament that we started back in October. It's a group of around 40 MEPs between the age of 25 and, and 40, I would say. And we are now really trying to, you know, make the parliament more interesting, you know, create a, a debating culture that is actually fascinating and controversial in, in the plenary and, and in the committees, but also, you know, reform the way that the parliament works in ways, you know, that the parliamentarians can spend more time uh, in their constituencies and actually spend time with the voters. So if we make this group successful and recognizable and saying like, oh, wow, this is what the young Europeans did. If we get there by 2024, then this would be a success. So I think that that summarizes it quite well. It's quite a lot. But, uh, you know, we are ambitious in this in this office. <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty interesting, actually. And uh, I really want to thank you again for your insights, because um, there are many things I think that you don't see um, about the inner culture of the European Parliament and uh, of European politics, if you're not part of it. And that is an amazing opportunity. Like, for example, and a question that I would like to follow up on this one is, do you think that um, maybe <laughs> formulated a little bit bluntly, the discussion culture in the European Parliament is boring, <laughs> that you would like to make, make it more exciting? Or do you think that it's 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 a little bit um, in a stalemate or something? It's it's very boring. Uh, <laughs> I have to be honest. It, um, if you imagine the the British House of Commons, where you know there's an exchange and people discuss back and forth, um, and questions are asked and answered. In the European Parliament, the nature is more. We look at our sheet of paper. We look into the camera. We speak to uh, a camera, but not really to each other. And then we sit down and leave. The plenary. So there's there's no exchange, there's no interaction. No one responds to the other person's um, comments or questions. So there really is a lack of debating culture. 
Um, so we we are really trying to make this interesting, not just for the media, but also for for citizens to really, you know, be engaged and find it interesting to listen to political European political discussion. That is actually super super exciting to hear because um, we, uh, Misha and I, think about exactly the same issues and exactly the same questions within our uh, organization of Bolt, because we have an organization which stretch, stretches across the whole continent, people who do not see each other, people who do not meet each other on a regular basis. And we always try to find ways to make them interact, ways to make them sit together, ways to make them exchange. And I think uh, it's actually really, really exciting uh, and interesting to hear that you are also working on, the, on, on similar uh, uh, on, on similar problematics from maybe from a different uh, perspective. Question number two. Okay. All right. So let me get to the second question, which was asked by Anouk. Now you're a year in office to support Damian as our MEP. And I would love to hear what you see as the biggest lesson you've learned while managing Damian's office. I think for me, the biggest lesson is to be forward looking and to be prepared to what's coming. Um, I think. The worst is for a parliamentarian to not know what's going on when he's asked the question. Um, so we are trying to look ahead, um, not just six months, but we are also looking ahead um, until 2024, um, but also every day. Like uh, We are now looking ahead uh, to what we're going to do tomorrow, what Damian is going to do tomorrow, when is he going to speak, what kind of questions could he get. So I think that's the most important part for me uh, that I've learned and that the team as a whole has learned because we are trying to always plan well ahead and, and give enough time for Damian to um, be prepared as well. Um, I think the second one, just quickly, because it, it, that's a more of a kind of technical one, I feel this preparedness. I think the second one in terms of a more of a personal basis, I think, is to create really a, an open and trusted environment amongst all of us um, and amongst all of the members of the team and to really speak out and be uh, open and you know with each other and when there's a problem that to address it directly and I think Damian helped a lot uh, in bringing this culture with him um, and we implemented it quite well so there's a there is a lot of debate in this office which is really helpful because we you know we're trying to get the best possible outcome so we discuss a lot and we trust each other um, a lot as well so I think that's that's my second lesson if I if I was if I'm allowed to add a second. And it uh, sounds actually very representative of lessons that uh, I've heard. I have also myself learned this whole, this very open, very constructive uh, culture that we have in Volt in general and, uh, and that I've heard also from other uh, members. Question number three. So uh, that makes me get to my third question, which relates actually to our work in the podcast and to our in, uh, internal communications uh, efforts in general. Um, as you might have heard of the European report, um, and we are in general a unique in a unique position as a political organization with volunteers all over Europe and an MEP representing them in the European Parliament. How so? Now there comes the question: How does the MEP office communicate its work as Volt re, Volt's representation to the volunteers of our organization? There are multiple ways of how we communicate with Volt as a whole and also to the outside world. But if we look only at Volt, I think one of the key instruments is the workplace updates that Damian shares. We haven't done one in the summer and we apologize, but usually we try to do one every week and elaborating on what we've done this week and uh, what Damian did and who he met. 
Um, second one is evidently all the different social media channels that are thankfully followed by a lot of voters. Um, and that's just not, not just, you know, Facebook and Twitter, but it's also on Instagram and, and LinkedIn that we try to communicate, um, about our work here. I mean, this addresses a broader circle of people, but it also is addressed at Vault. I think we do have also physical means of communication. There are visitor groups who've come to the European Parliament and I invite everyone to apply and to come and visit us once this health crisis is over. You are more than welcome to, to come and visit visit Damian and us in the European Parliament. But there's also visits that Damian does to, to different, you know, whole chapters across across the continent. And our goal is to um, make him go to all of them and say hello to all of them and, and support the different chapters in, in their ele- election um, strategies and electoral efforts. Um, and then there's always, you know, we, we as a team, apart from Damian, we try to, we all are responsible for a certain a region. Um, so I'm partly responsible for, you know, Southern Europe, uh, including Belgium and, and Luxembourg. Uh, so I'm in, in quite regular touch with uh, Volt Italy and Volt Portugal and Volt Spain and, and talk to their communication leads and, and uh, leadership. Um, but also, you know, all of the rest of my team is responsible for all of the other parts of um, Europe, Volt Europe. And then there's always, you can call us. Uh, I always try to, you know, underline this when I speak to voters, you know, directly or, or via Zoom or other means of communication is that you can always write us an email. Uh, you can ask us anything and we, we try to get back to you as, as quickly as possible or give us a call. I mean, that's what we're here for. I've been in touch quite a lot with, you know, Volt Germany on a couple of things because they came to visit and then um, had follow up questions and we had some questions on master's theses, et cetera. So I think this, this is quite important and I would like to underline that. We try to be as open as possible and respond as quickly as possible. But yeah, I think those are the different channels that we uh, try to keep Volt involved in what we do. If I may just add one last one. Um, I think one thing that's very important to us is the exchange on policy. Um, we're trying to, me, for example, on constitutional affairs and electoral law. I have a direct channel with the people who work on electoral law. Uh, Johannes, who works a lot on data and AI and cloud. He has a direct channel to people within Volt who work on that too. So all of the Volters really help us to define our policy direction, our the way that we amend laws in, in the European Parliament. And I think that's incredibly helpful for us because our brain is only uh, one brain and, and Volters have thousands of, of ideas and thousands of brains. So um, we're really, really grateful for all of the help that we can get there. But yeah, I think that covers it, which is quite a lot. <laughs> I hope people feel it too. Yeah, it is. It is quite a lot. I think it's also very interesting to really rehear all of these different uh, ways and opportunities that that one as a Volter has uh, to communicate with you guys. I think oftentimes we forget it. We kind of uh, get lost a little bit in our daily Volt business and don't realize that we can always we have we have a representative that that, uh, that we can talk to directly and we can we can get active and really be part of this political process um which is actually a huge privilege i think um um when you can really identify with a party like this um if i may add uh, a few uh, more things of, of a couple more uh channels definitely the one we're using right now this is, I think, uh, really interesting. I think many people will be very, very happy about hearing uh, about the insights the, and the stuff that you're saying right now. And uh, and something else which with uh, Rina Haidari has been helping us a lot, really a lot lately, and before that it was Blanche, uh, is uh, the European Report. And uh, we, it is now actually uh, part of the uh, 20 uh, strategic actions of Bold 
until 2024. We're uh, going to ins uh, institutionalize it more in the future. And it is definitely, I think, the most uh, systemic way that voters ha have to get access to basic information of what uh, you guys have been doing uh, in, in the past uh, uh, in the past month, and uh, I would like to express my thanks and, and definitely props to Irina uh, again and the whole office for that. I'll let her know immediately. No, I know I've, I did a little bit of work on that with Blanche uh, back in, I think, at the beginning of the year, and now I know that Irina has taken over, and it's really helpful. It's a great product, to be honest. It's really cool, and everything is very to the point in a couple of slides. Thank you. So, Joachim, thank you very much for your answers. Those have been really, really interesting. Uh, I'm sure not just for me, but for anyone who will be listening to this episode. Now we're getting to the last part of the podcast where you get to set the sail a little bit. You get to uh, set some things for the next call. First of all, you get to choose a song that we're going to add to our official Volturova playlist. Your favorite song. So Joachim, which song would you like to choose? Yeah, it's Kim Kim Carnes' Betty Davis Eyes. I, I love how reactive you are. How you immediately knew which song you're gonna you're gonna put on the playlist. Did you dream of it, or where, where does it come from? No, I, I've been listening to it this morning on my way to work. Awesome, thank you. The nomination. And who would you, who would you like to nominate for our next call? And what would you like to ask her? Because it has to be someone from the other gender. So I would like to nominate Ana Cavallo from uh, Vol Portugal. She's the secretary general there and she's been doing an amazing job there. And I would like to ask you, Ana, um, what made you uh, get involved in, in politics and in Vol Portugal? And maybe if I may add, what is your vision for Vol Portugal in for the next year? Awesome. I can't wait uh, to hear the answer to that question then. So thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you for being part of this. You can find all of our episodes on YouTube and Spotify, and you can find the official Vulturopa playlist for Calling Europe on Spotify under that name. It was a lot of fun. Have a beautiful day and see you next time. Bye, everyone. And thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for inviting me. I uh, can't wait to listen to this. Have a wonderful day and a great week. That was Calling Europe, a production of Vulturopa.